0: Once upon a time, Barbie decided to record a podcast with some of her friends so she could reflect on all the movies she's made over the years. This is That Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Eric.
0: I'm Carrie.
1: And this is Barbie as the podcast princess. We're back for our third episode. uh, And we have a very special episode today. Uh, Not only our second holiday episode, but our first guest episode.
0: And also, it's the best movie of all time. But yes, right. More importantly, we are joined today by my sister, Sarah, who is also
2: a uh, Barbie expert. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for having me on today. I'm happy to be here.
1: So, Sarah, in the first episode, as I'm sure you know, we talked a little bit about our Barbie history. Uh, So I would love if you could kick us off and tell us what your history with the Barbie franchise is. Toys, films, etc. What brought you to Barbie?
2: Oh, boy. Where to begin? Um, I honestly... I don't remember a time in my life that did not have Barbie, um, especially since I'm the middle sibling. Our older sister um, was already playing with them. Um, And so I definitely remember stealing hers. And it's, I mean, I feel like, and then the next thing would be just remembering like favorite toys. Like I had a super, super cool teal Barbie Jeep that you could remote control. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the universe. Um, As well as, like, a fun little Barbie house, and I feel like we started watching the Barbie films, like, pretty early on, Yeah. and even though I definitely heavily considered myself and proudly considered myself, like, a tomboy growing up, I could not get enough of the Barbies, and my best friend and I, even, like, into, like, 7th and 8th grade, would love just, like, playing with them, Uh, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, then after seventh and eighth grade, we, like, totally stopped watching the movies because, like, that would be weird for high schoolers to watch Barbie
2: movies, right? So weird. Yeah, we would never.
1: (laughs) Got it. So you and and Carrie both are coming from the same level of expertise, which is insatiable consumption of Barbie for a good few years. Yes. And by few, we mean kind of a lot.
0: Most of our lives. (laughs) Ongoing.
1: Okay. Now... This is jumping the gun a little bit, but I do think there's also an important thing to talk about, which is that there's one other level of expertise that both of you are bringing to this episode, which is you have a yearly tradition.
0: Yes. We watch this specific movie together multiple times every Christmas season. Um, I mean, I, I love all the Barbie movies, but this one in particular, Barbie Nutcracker, is simply... It's unbeatable. Uh this iconic. One, I'm I'm gonna r- jump the gun a little bit and say that this is gonna be like an eleven out of five uh nutcrackers on the scale for me.
1: <laughs> Great. Yep. Why why this tradition? Where did this start?
0: Um well we got this movie on VHS, I think like around when it came out. And so it was just like one of the only ones that we had. On VHS and so it just is like in our box of Christmas movies that we rewatch every year um, yeah it's a classic
2: it is and I think it's also just the fact that like I mean we our family rewatches a lot of Christmas movies every year but this one in particular I think it's just the story is so fun and being fortunate enough to be young blonde children seeing <laughs> ourselves in this uh character and the fun adventure that she has. Um, I know that certainly drew me to it.
1: So that makes sense for when you were children, but why now? Like <laughs> uh, like Carrie mentioned, you rewatch it multiple times
0: even now. It's so good. <laughs> as I'm sure you would agree with us, Eric.
1: <laughs> You'll just have to see.
0: Uh-huh
2: I think it's partly the nostalgia factor, but also partly just the, like, as we, every year, like, the more times that we watch it, the more that we, like, get to know it, and that just, like, builds the enjoyment of seeing it again for the reasons of, like, saying our favorite lines or finding new little things to laugh at or finding the same uh, familiar things that we know we're going to laugh at. And it's nice to have something that, you can expect um, to bring you joy and that it does every time.
0: It is easily one of our most referenced movies at at all times during the year, but particularly during the Christmas season.
1: See, I wouldn't think that was possible, but I think the last two episodes of the podcast have proven it it really is for (laughs) the two of you. (laughs) Like to be able to quote this so much, I just wouldn't have thought that was a thing. Oh, yeah. You yeah. have to
0: watch this movie with us sometime so that you can be impressed mm. by how well we know every single line.
1: <laughs> I think I have a meeting then, but uh-huh. I'll check. <laughs> so, let's kick this off. Today, we are talking about Barbie in The Nutcracker. So, this is, again, a return to in the and not as the. Right. Which is a flip uh, from from Rapunzel. Um, so, this was the... I actually learned something interesting in researching this movie this is not the first barbie movie what i did not realize this there were barbie movies in the 80s what yeah
0: like animated there, this movies is,
1: uh-huh this is what? the first of the modern era of obviously computer animated films uh and i would think you know certainly the you know, for example, the, the the front of it says Barbie starring in her first movie. Like, right. I think it's the first of the modern company. But there were movies that they had, like 2D animated hand-drawn movies that they had. I don't know how they differ, but it turns out this is not like the first. Wow. I so I think that no could idea. be fun. We could dive into those someday. Okay. Uh, uh, so, yes, this is the first one. If you've listened to the Rapunzel episode, I think a lot of it is going to be familiar in that this is the first one made by Mainframe Entertainment. Uh, this is the one that they basically kicked off because Mattel was scared of brats and mm-hmm. consultants told them, hey, you really need to start figuring out how to do this. And one of our suggestions is you need to integrate sort of the new age of computer and computer animation. So this is what could of kicked all of that off um, and brought us Kelly Sheridan for what I assume is the first time. Yep. I guess maybe she's in commercials. I have no idea. But her first movie as Barbie. Um, my biggest shock was... Tim Tim Curry's in this movie.
0: Yes. Yes. And he is amazing in it. And also Tim Curry just happens to be in like all the movies I love. And by that, I mean this movie and Annie. (laughs)
2: And he's Charlie's Angels. And Charlie's Angels. He is in every brilliant movie. He's a brilliant human. Yeah.
1: Also, uh, Rocky Horror. Isn't that one you like?
0: Mm. Yeah. But Annie and this movie are, those are like in my top five favorite movies Mm, of mm, all mm. time. So. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, yeah.
1: Tim. yeah, I couldn't believe that he was in this like that was just shocking. Um, not really that he would do animation. Obviously, like he was I feel like for our generation, he's most famous as Nigel Thornberry.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. he does like a fair amount of voice acting, I think.
1: Yeah, he definitely does. Uh, so I, I'm not like shocked. I think what was more surprising was just hearing his voice at all in a Barbie movie. And then he proceeded to just like eat that part up. It was great. Yeah. He's very good. Um, the uh, There's a, a bunch of other names involved in animation. Lots of uh, uh, crossover with uh, Mainframe's uh, Beast War series, which we talked about and will undoubtedly, you know, this podcast will become If I Have My Way. And then uh, uh, some anime. But I think most importantly for Sarah, uh, the voice of the Nutcracker is also the voice of Cyclops from X-Men Evolution.
2: What? I did not mm. know that.
1: That's cool. Mm-hmm. So he's our... He's our leading man for two very important two thousands properties.
2: Yeah, wow. go him.
1: Yeah. So that's that's kind of it for 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 the background. I feel like otherwise it's relatively similar to Rapunzel, um, in in that regard only. My goodness. Uh, the other biggest thing, starting off the top here, is that we're back to being Barbie and Kelly.
2: Yes, thank God.
1: So. Is this the same Barbie and Kelly?
2: In previous research, like, it is canon and confirmed that I think it's the first, like, four Barbie films um, with Barbie and Kelly. Like, it is the same Barbie and Kelly. And that this is, like, Barbie helping guide Kelly into adulthood through stories.
0: Okay, but we've been confused in the past because with Christmas Carol, it's Shelly.
1: Right. But she looks like Kelly. That's after the first four, right? right? That's two thousand eight or something. Yeah. So,
0: parallel universe.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh, we'll get there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. So let's kick it off the opening credits, like we usually talk about. I still like that they're sticking with this trope of like kind of using the actual. Uh, am I am I right that they did it with this one too? They used like uh, things from it to show the credits.
0: Yeah, I think it's like it's the the fairies that open. Mm -hmm. the credits yeah
1: and i like that i like that they continue to do that i think it was still best done in uh probably in rapunzel likely enough but uh i do i do still like that they're doing it here i I just like that as a shtick um it was kind of strange i actually didn't have a whole lot of notes in the beginning it uh, uh what i wrote was i just don't have any thoughts so far it's so far just the nutcracker to my understanding of it not in a bad way it just was very like Kind of by the numbers, like, yeah, this is the story I know. Like, here's the magical adventure, the daring nutcracker, the evil rat king. Like, it, it felt familiar and not at all in a bad way. It felt familiar in a way that I think Rapunzel failed at. Like, yes, this is the story I know. I'm having a good time with it. Um, I don't really remember there being an aunt or a dad or anyone but the girl. But whatever. Uh, I don't remember it very well at all. So
0: Here's, here's what we've figured out. The old man is her is Clara's grandpa. Then Aunt Drosselmeyer is actually her first cousin once removed. So, Aunt Drosselmeyer oh. is her, is Clara's parents' cousin, whichever parent. Um, and so, yeah, grandpa is Aunt Drosselmeyer's uncle. Right. And okay. Clara just calls her Aunt for
2: whatever reason. Because it's easier than first cousin once removed yeah. if yeah. you're also Meyer. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, that does clear that up. I remember being confused and then I just let it go. Yep. Like I heard the line and I was like, I don't really have the energy to Thank
0: God out. we haven't let it go.
1: I mean, yeah, that's helpful. Um, I guess we did skip something though. Our opening with Barbie and Kelly. Yep. Uh, this is the first time that Barbie has not immediately blown me away. It's not really like anything was bad. It's just like, they are just hanging out in the studio. It's not her cool apartment, and she's not in her cool, sexy, hanging out outfit. Her ballet so,
0: dancing didn't do it for you?
1: Nah, not really. I think uh, ballet was ruined by Black Swan for me, in the sense that every time I see it, I just think, oh no, Like mm. they're going to lose it, and they're going to die by an evil swan. Well,
0: it's, it's not ruined for me, because Barbie doing her ballet was great for me. <laughs>
1: i'm I'm glad I thought that Kelly actually had a fairly reasonable problem this time for the first time, uh-huh, which is that it's just hard to do stuff <laughs> it's like hard to to do things right, and she's feeling unmotivated. uh, that seems fine, that's like a perfectly relatable problem as opposed to I don't want to help orphans and I don't know what to paint like I literally mm-hmm. just can't even think of anything.
0: yep no original thought. Haven't you ever had a painter's block?
1: I mean, yeah, but I don't think that's that was not Kelly's problem. Kelly's problem is that she literally couldn't think of a noun. She was just <laughs> sitting there like, I don't know what to paint, Barbie. Look around the room, Kelly. Anyway, that that's other Kelly. This is this Kelly. This Kelly's doing fine. Yeah. So we get into the story. We meet the cool aunt. Is the aunt part of the original story?
0: I no believe there is one character that's just Drosselmeyer. I think mm-hmm. that's her like godfather. Yes, uh, in you are original. correct.
2: Yeah. There is no aunt, there is no grandfather, There's still no parents, but there is godfather Drosselmeyer, and he's like a toy maker, clock maker, and he's the one that makes and gives her the nutcracker.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Right. And she is like a child mm-hmm. in the original, right? Yeah. Like a kid kid. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they age her up quite a bit. Okay. So uh, we meet the aunt, the aunt travels places, the aunt gives her Nutcracker, Barbie pretends that that's a good gift, Uh, and then the brother's like, I'm going to break it, and then he does. Mm -hmm. Um, My biggest issue at the beginning of this movie is that I thought that the story of the tin soldier and the Nutcracker were the same thing, and I thought that he broke his leg, and I was very confused why she hadn't become a glass ballerina, and it turned out it's because I was confusing the two stories. (laughs) So it was a rough start, Uh, but that's okay. They get into some fights. There's some cool action. Then the mouse, the rat rather is like, Matt Mouse? Mouse.
2: The mouse. mouse. The mouse. That's a quote.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Write it down, Eric.
1: <laughs> the mouse is upset and he transforms uh, Kara, Carol, Bump Clara. Barbie Clara. into a tiny little thing. And then uh, she and the Nutcracker go walk into a magical world. Well, and that wait, like wait, kicks wait. us all You're off. You're skipping
0: over some important points.
1: Oh, okay, sorry. Go for it. Uh,
0: One of which is, so, so she gets shrunk by the Mouse King um, mm-hmm. and then she's like, oh, no, how am I going to turn back to normal size? And then this um really wise, uh, sexy owl comes in and gives her some advice and tells her that she needs to find the sugar plum princess in order mm-hmm. to turn back to her normal size. And also something that's important to bring up now because it's important to our theory is. In this beginning sequence, Clara is, uh, she, she puts an ornament on the tree that is a ballerina ornament that has a little necklace on it. And she says that her mom gave her this ornament. And the owl gives her the necklace from the ornament and is like, when you want to come home, open this necklace. I have mm. questions about that one, but, uh, yes, that's what happens. And then they go into the magical portal.
1: Right. And when they enter the magic portal, they meet the fairies, and we get our only extended significant dance sequence. Uh, and then we go through another magic door. So there was, there was two magic doors in a row. That was fun. We, we you know, meet our, our new cast of characters here. Uh, and also we get a little more on the villain um, who has a bat Him. who I was pretty upset about in the beginning. I was pretty annoyed. I was like, God damn, this is going to be another example of the weasel, isn't it? Like, Oh, no. Just annoying. We're
0: obsessed with him.
1: He was actually okay. Uh, It made me laugh that it seems like what they did is they watched Anastasia and they thought, well, we'll just also do that. The villain needs a henchman bat because that's a popular thing right now. Um, He's very familiar to the bat from Anastasia.
2: I concur with that statement and I think that it worked.
1: Yeah, he's funny. I love him.
2: I feel like his
0: personality is very distinct though and that makes him different and fun.
1: Is it is it does he have a personality beyond being scared of the villain and a and physical comedy?
0: Yes, he makes jokes all the time. He's got a different accent from the guy in Anastasia. Um. <laughs> okay, well, obviously
1: they didn't copy paste. <laughs> I think my favorite joke in this whole movie is the uh when he's trying to figure out how else to punish his minions and he's like I'm out of like, can I turn him into a statue? And yeah. he's like, no, we don't have room in the garden. He's like, what about uh, paperweight? He's like, we're all out of paperweight room. I thought that was funny. Yeah. That was a good joke.
2: We can recite that uh, Yeah, you. we can. How about chickens? <laughs> <Titans>? Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> so then, of course, we meet Captain Candy and Major, Major Butterscotch. Mint. Nope, Major <laughs> Mint. <laughs> good stuff. I forgot everybody's names right away. Uh, these are new people, yes? Yes. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ever really sure what was going on with them but i enjoyed their presence like they, they seemed like they were much more enjoyable sidekicks than the dragon and the rabbit or i guess anyone else in rapunzel like they were they had a lot of personality and they were very i don't know they were just fun i agree
2: i think they were definitely they're a lot funner and funnier than the rapunzel characters who like i love that film but they annoy me so much
1: And Candy actually has some, like, there's a growth arc to all of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Candy's eventual standing up to Major Mint, uh, as opposed to being obviously deferent in the beginning, I think was actually, you know, sort of flashes of Christmas Carol to come in a way that I think fell out in the second movie, too. Sure,
0: sure. Um,
1: The most interesting thing that I noted here was, I know that the Nutcracker, there's like some degree of like, is it a dream thing? Because... Uh, I, at least I think that's a thing. Oh,
0: Jesse you wait.
1: <laughs> so, as in, like in, in the original story, I don't know about uh-huh, this, but uh-huh. th- this movie does it too. I think in that we are told that her cool aunt had just come from many places uh, in the eastern hemisphere, actually, um, but one of them being India. And Captain Candy is definitely coded as an Indian uh, uh, soldier, like from like Raj era. Um, and his, like, British officers. So there was this sort of interesting, like, kind of World War One, pre-World War I-esque uh, aesthetic there that I thought was interesting. Like, I don't know if that... I don't know anything about when Nutcracker was made, so I don't know if that has any, like, connection to it, but I just thought it was an interesting sort of aesthetic to go with.
0: Well, so also, um, in the beginning, uh, Clara's brother Tommy... Uh Aunt Drosselmeyer gives him these two toys as a gift.
1: You're oh you're totally yeah, he right. Gets yes. Captain
0: Candy and Major Mint.
1: That's right. That's right. Right, right, right. So again, that kind of well, I guess what I'm interested in is it it just seems to place it in this sort of interesting time. Yeah. Um and it made me kind of curious about that. Sort of like we were talking about last time with like Victorian England versus not. Uh it just was very interesting to me. So Anyway, we meet those two. They're kind of cool. This is also when we uh, talk about the fact that Prince Eric took off. Uh, This Eric, talking to you, completely forgot about this part of the story. So both of those came as pretty good twists. Uh Like the big twist in this movie did stick as twists because I don't remember this. (laughs) Nice. uh, At all. Uh, In fact, one of my next notes here says, I guess we can move to this part of the movie. Oh shit. The nutcracker's prince Eric. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's a cool reveal. Yeah. And that Clara like knows it. I like that Clara found it out. Did you, it's not like a uh revelation at the end like she knows it.
0: Did you see the Sugar Plum Princess twist coming?
1: Not at all. Whoa, not even really? a little bit. Not even a little bit. That was actually a cool part of the movie. Where I was like, all right, all right, all right. I like it.
0: Well, I think I don't think that is the a plot point in the actual nutcracker. Like I don't think there is like a Prince Eric. There's just Nutcracker who Clara dances with.
2: Mm. And that's it. Not quite. Um so it's that she dances with the Nutcracker and then um I'm going to get confused between the play and the novel. But basically he does turn into a prince and when Clara is older, I believe she goes back and is his queen in the like Sugar Plum Land. Oh. Uh,
1: Yeah, I didn't know that either. I thought this started as a ballet, but it turns out it was a short story. Mm. Okay. Was not aware.
0: Well, anyways, I think the two twists of Nutcracker being Prince Eric and Clara being the Sugar Plum fairy or princess are not things that happened in the ballet. So it makes sense that you were surprised by them.
1: Yeah, it was cool. I liked it. Uh, uh, And again, I think especially that Clara. The revelation comes because she has figured it out on her own, um, as opposed to kind of being passive to that change. I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it really built some personality for her in an interesting way. Um, Yeah. I I actually liked Clara quite a bit. She might be my favorite protagonist so far.
0: Damn. Okay. As she Obviously, like,
1: what's her name? Eden. Eve. Eden sucks. Like, we're not supposed to like her. So, uh, yeah. I I really do think that Clara is my favorite so far. So that was nice. Yeah, she's great. Um, Yeah, uh, clearly, this one, I just was not, I don't think I was as surprised by this one, nor was I as mad. So my notes are a little sparser, i.e., the most next important thing that I put was that Marzipan is a really good name for a horse.
2: Yeah. It's a great name for a horse, which also, that was a question that I have um, for, and definitely for Carrie. Eric, I assume and hope that you've seen this film, but something that we've never discussed is. Who is a sexier horse, Marzipan or Spirit Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron?
0: Definitely Spirit. Uh, I'm sorry.
1: Spirit, obviously. Yeah.
0: Marzipan. Really? Marzipan is a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous horse. But Spirit is sexy
2: as fuck. Yeah, but like Marzipan's lashes. True.
1: No, Marzipan is like purple. Like she looks like a toy. So that it it immediately negates it for Her me. Her
0: legs are weirdly mm. very very long. I don't know why they're that. Long. Yeah, because she's a supermodel. I guess so. I mean, no hate to <laughs> Marzipan. She's a beautiful lady, but Spirit. I'm sorry. You can't. You can't top that. Okay. I was curious. <laughs> Glad I asked.
1: I do think Marzipan is a better name for a horse.
0: Mm. It's a very
1: good name. I Debatable.
0: It's, it's kind of pretentious.
1: I'm not sure that I know what marzipan is. <laughs> it's
0: it's like an almond, like candy type thing.
2: Oh my god! That's wait, a yeah, good you mean literally? You don't know what marzipan the food is? I thought you meant you didn't like yeah. know what marzipan the horse was. I was like, no, no, she's, I knew that horse. Part.
1: <laughs> no, I mean the food. Yeah, that's a good name. Oh like I think gosh. you know, Turkish delight, mm-hmm. marzipan. <laughs> it's a good name for a horse. Like that's better than spirit. Not exciting. I, I think within
0: the context of each plot, the names fit the horse as well. But yes. out of context, Marzipan is kind of a douchey name.
1: Ugh, <laughs> I disagree. I think it's great. Okay. Especially, okay, imagine that it was like a horse racing horse so that you're like, oh, this this is Kettle Croc sired by Marzipan. Does that sound good? Sounds pretty good to me. Sure. Huh. That's what I'm going to throw out there. Okay. A good I don't name. know why Kettle Croc was the first <laughs> horse name I could think of. <laughs> Pretty bad horse name. Uh, okay, so they go on some adventures. They uh, get chased by a golem, and uh, the giant. golem is exactly <laughs> the same thing as Snowball from Frozen. So I was like, hey, look, Frozen.
0: Yeah, they did it first, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was like, wow. Frozen clearly was inspired by by uh, uh, Nutcracker. That's
0: mm-hmm.
1: fun. Um, and then they uh, trap it in some water, and he drowns. They kind of stick with that for a bit. They really show us him sinking into the water.
2: Wood floats, rock doesn't, but he is rock, which we like to think that he, like, sinks to the bottom of the lake and then walks back to land. And, like, gets to live a happy Mm. life, you know. Mm. I guess I could see
1: that. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, I'll take that. Um, Yeah, so they get chased. They finally make it to the beautiful castle on the hill, and... uh, They uh, get inside the castle and they're captured. Boom,
0: another twist. Bet you didn't see that coming.
1: Yes, it is a big twist. I I definitely did not expect it to be what it was, which is that they get captured.
0: I would love to meet um, whichever artist was hired in order to make this giant castle cardboard replica because, you know, you have to do some really complex, like, things with perspective in
2: order to make that work. And, you know, I, I really respect the art. I'm going to burst your bubble. Um, This is actually like one of the like sort of issue, but like I'll allow it kind of things. Which is that I just assume that the Mouse King said a rhyme and used his scepter to create it. Which my problem with it is that it's like, why would you choose to create this cardboard thing and not just scepterify a legit castle?
0: I don't know that he has the ability to create cardboard castles or regular castles. I feel like he can just turn things to stone and that's and make things small and he's just not creative. I feel like he has like transfiguration (laughs) powers but he can't just you know build a castle out of nothing.
1: Right but couldn't he transmute the grass into a cardboard castle?
0: Maybe but Then, okay, I guess he's the artist and he's the one that I really respect for making this beautiful (laughs) castle that fooled a bunch of people into thinking that it was 3D.
1: Sure. What we're saying is that we really respect the mouse. Yeah,
0: I love him. I do.
1: Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, Yeah, the fact that it was fake, I didn't see coming either. That was big. Uh, And then they capture the three fellas and uh, Barbie's not there. Claire's not there. She's, She's... not captured, or she didn't walk in. I kind of forgot.
2: She literally is just intelligent enough. This is like such a D and D moment that like she remembers to check for traps. Like it's literally mm. that the three of them just waltz in there, and she just pauses and just like <laughs> looks around. And in that time, they're captured.
1: Classic, classic. Got to check for traps. Mm-hmm. Got to do it. So yeah, they get captured, and then comes the uh, Deus Ex Machina of the movie. Which, it immediately reminded me of the eagles from Lord of the Rings, where she's like, I don't know how the hell we're going to get to there. And the fairies are like, we could totally fly you. <laughs> that that You know this whole walking journey you've been on? We definitely could have just floated you there, you silly goose. <laughs> you just didn't ask. <laughs> it takes like three minutes. Yep. I will she say, flies across the country. Right. But
2: again, I think that it's like that they have a like a carrying capacity so they couldn't do it before because she had this whole party with her but now that it's just her yeah. and i think that the fairies also know that she's the sugar plum princess oh definitely and so they have like a higher respect for her and desire to help her out versus like when she was with the party they're like you're all kind of worthless sidekicks
0: i also think she like wasn't in like I guess I don't know. They helped her before with like turning the lake into to or the sea into ice. And like I think at no other point was she like really, really desperate and totally stuck. And so then they were like, Oh um, girl,
2: we gotta help you. What about when they it's that both types of fairies have two times where they help her, for a total of helping her four times. Right. The snow fairies help her first to get to the through get through to Parthenia. Then the um which McCall we'll Spring fairies, fairies flower sure. fairies help her get supplies. Yes. And then the snow fairies help her with the ice lake. And then the flower fairies help her by carrying her. So right. they actually, they, okay. they help her a lot.
1: But it's sure. her. So le- let's let's just, let's break those down for a second. So the fairies open up a portal to another world. That seems like that's probably tough. I don't, High DC on that roll. I don't
0: think it's a portal mm-hmm. to another world. I think it's just that they. They landed in an ice cave that's still in Parthenia, and they just needed to break through the ice.
1: Okay, but they had to break through a silent ice wall. That's pretty tough. Yeah, but they're ice right? fairies.
0: That's what they so do. So then
1: the next, the next thing they have to do to help is they knock a bunch of apples off a tree.
2: Well,
0: that's not okay. But first, they grow the whole, the whole garden.
2: Yeah, all the trees they grew were dead. The trees. There was nothing. All there. I'm saying
1: is that they could have saved themselves a whole hell of a lot of effort. If they would have just made some swings and flown them straight to the castle. Eric
2: I don't know if you're familiar with the hero's journey, but I, was to say I that. Just skipped a Listen, bunch of it.
1: All I know is this is what Carrie would say if it was any other movie. So I'm just bringing it up here.
0: Well, lucky for <laughs> you, like there's it's an easy answer. this movie. And so I'm not saying that. <laughs> and I'm saying that. Clara needed to, to learn all of this stuff on this journey in order
2: to, you know, fulfill
1: her uh-huh. destiny
2: as the fairy. Right. Just sure. like Kelly Shelley needs all these Barbie movies to learn how to not suck. Sure. Just like.
1: Uh, this brings us to this, my second favorite part of this movie in which all the townspeople are like, hey, maybe we're not cool with fascist monarchy and by all the townspeople i mean the six-year-old in the gingerbread suit is like it's time for a revolution and the rest <laughs> of them are like i guess you're right <laughs> it's the little kid that stands up and is like we have to it's storm time. the castle we stood
0: up to the mouse
1: go get their heads and the rest of them are like this kid in a gingerbread costume is making sense it's making a lot of sense uh and then the revolution ends so quickly <laughs> that was my next note it was like wow That did not last long. The next time we see them, they are being rounded up.
0: (laughs) Yep. And they tried. Yeah, they're pretty much immediately
2: all turned to stone, which is a bummer.
1: Yeah, it just didn't go very well. They really need to get some better revolution books.
2: Yeah, maybe they shouldn't listen to the six-year-old.
1: That's exactly what I thought. There was like lots of adults there. I bet they could have had an idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's okay, because Clara is very good at spotting one-way mirrors. Yep. uh, Which is pretty cool.
2: That was like that's definitely a moment that I every time I watch it, like I have to look for justification that like that's one of the moments that I'm just like, okay, like really like am yeah. i am I just dumb that I don't think that I would figure it out? She has that moment where she does exp- like explain her thinking of like why have guards on an empty room? It's like okay, mm-hmm. clever, so yeah. like look for a trap door or something. But she just immediately, like, walks up to the wall and is like, huh, this seems like something. Like, and there wasn't even, like, there was no glimmer. There was no nothing. But there's one shot. Yeah, they
1: don't don't pound on it.
2: There's one shot
0: where you can see that there's, like, a shadow in half of the room and light in the other half. So I think she probably saw that. Okay, fair. I guess we'll just have to rewatch
2: it.
1: No way. You see
0: that there's a weird shadow in half the room and you're like, hmm, kind of weird.
1: I think that's the the striping on your VHS tape. That's your tape dying. <laughs> <laughs> it just can't project the light anymore. No,
0: it's just me seeing the authentic story and you guys are just I,
1: blind. I'm with you. I think the one way one way mirror is a little bit, a little bit, a little bit out there. But I like, I would have been on board if the prince would have been like, hey, what if I knock so she can hear me? And mm-hmm. then obviously, but nah she just kind of goes ham on it. But that's cool. She shatters it. And they all get out. So, honestly, pretty easy prison break.
2: Oh, right. Which also, real quick, that was the other moment for me, that she knows to shatter it. That in my head, it was like, Mm -hmm. especially like I still remember that feeling when I first saw the film and thinking like that they were within this one-way mirror glass thing. And that by shattering it, how did she know that she wasn't going to shatter them? Yep. I guess she
0: didn't. But she rolled a really high
2: perception check and Mm -hmm. figured it out.
1: I'm not gonna lie, Sarah. I thought the same thing. I thought what was happening was that he, they were trapped in a mirror, so that when he, when she was gonna shout it, I was like, that seems like a bad idea. Like they're mm-hmm. in a mirror dimension. That's gonna be it forever. Um, but they weren't. So that was sad. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, yeah, my exact note on that was one way mirror dungeons kind of cool. Other than it seems easy to break, just doesn't seem well thought out. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of seems like they could have broken it because it's a mirror.
2: Which I will allow for not like things not being super well thought out. In that, like that's a whole other side note of mine is like how intelligent the Mouse King is and how creative sure. he is, which I think mm-hmm. also touches on what we talked about before, like with the castle, He's an where artist. it's like I assume that the royal family must get like rhyming training for when they get the scepter to use, mm-hmm. like because all of the sure. spells, like to get it to work, you have to rhyme. So he probably just like can't think of anything too elaborate but could figure (laughs) out something that's like i can't put you in a mirror but i can rhyme something to put you behind one
0: wow he's a poet he's a a castle painter he's a glass
2: i do have respect for him what can't he do mouse wow
1: so they escape the dungeon and they go fight the mouse king and the uh, the not the tin soldier Same thing, but not that. The Nutcracker uh, proceeds to still not be the most useful. Uh, He's just always getting defeated in combat by this Mouse King, Um, and he also I like the way they animate that he's beaten is that they like fight and things are going okay, and then he hits him once, and then when he lands on the ground, if you look at his face, his face is like dirty as all hell, (laughs) like he just rolled in a mud pit. He's like, I'm so tarnished. I, I really like that like sudden change of like, oh, things aren't good.
0: In Nuggerie's um, defense, he is made of wood. So, like, maybe his joints sure. aren't very good, so it's hard to fight, you know?
1: I mean, maybe. I would think he'd be better fighting because he's not alive. Well, like, he's, he's
2: alive.
1: He doesn't take Prince pain because he's, he's wood.
2: Yeah, but I think that know? what Carrie's getting at is that, like, his range of motion is severely limited. Like, yeah. now he's just, like, a couple of blocks. He's all creaky and stuff.
1: Well, sure. I guess what I'm saying is if you assume that most fighting styles are based on the idea that you don't want to get stabbed yourself, but if you're a person that doesn't have to worry about getting stabbed, then just go to town on this mouse, you know?
2: Okay, but again, think of of it this way. If you are raised and trained in this fighting style that is all about avoiding Mm -hmm. getting stabbed and then you're met with this like, just kidding, now you can get stabbed. But you have no training on how to fight while allowing yourself to get stabbed. Like, it just doesn't compute. And to have that be happening, like, in the moment of, like, trying to do, like, when you're supposed to let, like, your instincts take over, your training take over. So that true. He's not thinking about that.
1: No, that's fair. That's a good point. I, if he started as a person, then that's that's totally fair. Uh, we get a, one of my favorite lines in the movie, which is, I didn't shrink you small enough. Your mouth is much too big. <laughs> good line
2: that is a good line it's a great so, line. Good
1: line from tim curry uh just just good reading good writing i liked it uh and then we have the classic the spell reflects back thing mm. which i feel like is in all kinds of good fantasy uh but most specifically reminded me of like uh perseus and medusa from from uh, uh clash of the titans like the very classic hold up the thing reflect it back defeat the villain that way yeah
2: i mm-hmm. really like
1: that good use always of it always good and uh you know they have to defeat him with his own power as opposed to overpowering him i think that was a a neat little thing uh yeah and then uh uh, my final notes here on the ending first i say oh dip he's actually attractive (laughs) this isn't a a beast situation (laughs) yes
0: and also you might note that um they took the time to animate human eric's bulge They really did I that. I did not notice that. <laughs> this is a fact.
2: This is true.
1: <laughs> did not notice that. Um, but I, I, I was surprised that he was attractive because I've gotten used to the beast transformation in which as the beast, you're like, yeah, this is a pretty attractive beast. Can't wait to see what it looks like as a person. And then when he's a person, you're kind of like, oh, okay.
2: I gotta yeah. say, I, uh, I did not have that reaction. You didn't? No, I think that beast is hot as beast or human.
1: I think beast human is overdone. He's, like, over-designed. Yeah, it okay, made him well, that's fair, especially you know I mean? when like he, he first... It's trying too hard.
2: Mm-hmm, like, when he first becomes human, and it's, like, even just yeah. like his eyes are too, like, they're beautiful, but they're so, like, glowy. Right. And it's, like, you're just a human now. You're not a, transforming into a demigod.
1: And the live-action one, man, mm. huh. beast, is, beast is hotter. These that's are all
0: opinion. fascinating points that I don't think I agree with, but okay.
1: What? I think... Okay. You, of all people? I
2: think human beast is hot. as in dan stevens or the animated one (laughs) the
0: animated one (laughs) and i guess the the real one is also hot Mm -hmm.
1: i think dan stevens has a very attractive voice and i think he's an attractive person on his own Mm -hmm. but i think in a movie in which they cast what's his face as gaston who is just a beautiful man oh my god yes I think it's tough to have the revelation. He's like, I'm the prince. And you're like, okay, well, I mean, Gaston is a lot hotter. But <laughs> like, that's just tough. You know, he should huh. be hotter than Gaston. That's my point. So we have the, the, the prince actually hot, which is nice. Yeah. That's good. Uh, and then, of course, the giant twist she's the sugar plum princess.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: That was pretty cool. Gotta say, I liked that. Not 100% I don't know whether that makes a ton of sense, but I liked it. Like, I I just liked the the idea of it. Um, I think maybe the thing I don't like about those kind of stories is that it it always kind of feels a little deflated of like, oh, well, damn. Like if we just had known that in the first 10 seconds, but...
0: Hero's journey, once again.
1: I don't like, I don't necessarily hate it, hate it. It's just more of like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, But I do like the reveal because that was very, very unexpected.
0: Yep. Also, the ballet at the end is really hot. um, And we get to see... Uh, captain candy and major mint dancing together and like just showing how much they love each other in their dance and I mean, so really beautiful. this was like a
2: pride parade it's so, really like, just pride dance
0: yeah
1: <laughs> sure
0: i think the the movies are about our interpretation of them so i mm-hmm. think we should claim and tell the listeners to spread the word that captain <laughs> candy and major mint are in love <laughs>
1: I, that's fine. That's what I'm saying. That's that's all good. That's your right as the audience. Go and for I it. And I will um, do that. Yeah. Oh I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I okay, I will say this. I I a little bit with candy and mint. I, I see the it kind of felt like the attendant thing. Like uh you know what I'm talking about? No. Like that trope of like the
0: subdom.
1: Well, it's a it's a trope. Now, okay, well, not a little, I guess, but more <laughs> It's like a trope, especially in military stuff, of like the or or for example, like uh, in in um, like aristocracy stuff of like oh the rich guy and his attendant,
2: mm-hmm.
1: his faithful attendant. It's uh, like the
2: Song of Achilles and Patroclus, or in Pocahontas with what's his name and uh, God, Radcliffe and his attendant. Or like Voldemort, very gay, gay vibes there.
0: Voldemort and Quirrell mm. in Harry
1: Potter. <laughs> There's so much happening in this (laughs) sentence that I just can't go down, but I will say yes, just like those things. (laughs) I mean, at least
2: Achilles and Patroclus, like that is like confirmed repeatedly. And Voldemort and Quirrell and Barry Potter musical, very much so.
1: Uh, Achilles, Patroclus, 100%. I think that's a great example. Thank you. Yes. Yes, very similar. The attendant and (laughs) the warrior uh, for sure. Let's talk about the most important part, which is that Prince Eric decides that there should be a democratic monarchy, which I typed. I guess that's nice. <laughs> At the very end, they're like, you're our king. And he's like, only if you guys want. I'm like, Well, that's <laughs> sure. sort of good, I guess. It you're sort of on the right path. That's
0: kind of surprised me that like all the people are so excited to be ruled by Eric when like he didn't really do that much. He like, you know, defeated a mouse. But like. That suddenly makes you like him again when you didn't like him before. I mean, oh, no. yeah. he, did, he defeated
2: the, the guy that had literally just turned you to stone. Yeah,
0: I guess that's a reason well, for celebration.
1: Sure, but they, they led a people's revolution by a gingerbread boy, and they immediately turned the reins back over to the monarchy.
2: That's true. Well, because look at how quickly they failed. And so I think they pretty quickly realized like, oh, wow, thought we could do this on our own. But nope, we need to be ruled.
1: Well, if that's not a great narrative. It's a terrible narrative. <laughs> that's
2: why it's not the main narrative. <laughs> Maybe in the sequel to this,
0: they come back to overthrow Eric. Cuz you know, got to get I like that. rid of the king.
2: And then we're going to need the sugar plum princess who will be the sugar plum queen by that point
0: mm-hmm. again
2: to like calm everybody down and make everything okay. Yep.
1: So, uh they have a full board kiss. Which was crazy. I haven't seen that yet in the Barbie movies. Yep. There was like a little baby one in Rapunzel, I think, but this was like a dramatic kiss. Yeah, uh, and then a wildly dramatic ending that I did not expect. Mm-hmm. The 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 Mouse King gets on his the bat from Anastasia and they steal the necklace and she disappears and it's like she doesn't want to disappear yet. Like that was very dramatic. Yeah,
0: heartbreaking.
1: It was heartbreaking. It was very sad. It was not the happy ending I was expecting. Um, so she pops out into the real world and her grandpa's like, Hey, stop being wild in here, go to sleep or whatever. And she's like, but for reals, there was rats and stuff. Uh, and you're sort of like, mm, was it real? We'll never know. Except then he walks in. Yep. And this is where the movie lost me. I'm not going to lie. Don't worry. Because we
0: have a theory up
1: until this point. I was on board because if the whole point is that this can be considered to be a dream sequence, then everything else in the movie makes sense. The ballerina ornament, the owl on the mantle, uh, the ornament that's wearing the necklace. There's obviously actual mice that got into the cookies. I don't know about the bat, but whatever. It all makes sense. Uh, even the soldiers, like you said, that she that the aunt gives the, the the brother. All good. But she doesn't know about her aunt's boyfriend, Eric. So... That seemed like a strange inclusion. So
0: when I was talking about how this movie is an absolute mindfuck, this is what I was referencing. How okay. it it just tears the whole movie apart. And thankfully, Sarah and I have come up with a theory that um, explains it.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. It makes so I need to hear sense. this
1: for sure. Because as of right now, this is why the movie has lost a star for me.
2: Okay, ready? Go. Clara's mom discovers the Mouse King's plan to... Oh, wait, no, that's too far. My theory. (laughs) (laughs) The sugar plum princess is a trait passed down in the Barbie Clara's family. The last one was her mom, who visited Parthenia with Clara's dad. They have their own adventure, triggering Clara's mom to become the Sugar Plum princess. Clara's mom discovers the Mouse King's plan to overthrow the king and his kid. But before she can tell anyone, the Mouse King finds out and turns her to stone. Mm-hmm. But as her last act, instead of using her locket to return home, she instead magically removes any memory or records of the Sugar Plum princess that might lead back to her family slash Clara. And that is why the Mouse King has never heard of a Sugar Plum princess and the prince slash king don't know that Clara is the Sugar Plum Princess. The dad dies trying to save her. I don't know what happens to Clara's dad. Um, Then, Anne Drosselmeyer decides to travel the world trying to find out what happened to her cousin. Years pass. She finally finds her way to Parthenia, meets the king. They dance together, get all flirty. The king's like, yo, you remind me of somebody. She describes her cousin but the king doesn't know who she's talking about and then the nosy bitch that she is she discovers the ornament that looks just like her sister takes it cousin. and is going to confront the king then uh, since he's the one that has the scepter but then witnesses the mouse king killing the king and turning the prince into a nutcracker she decides to save the nutcracker prince and her ornament cousin and leaves parthenia thinking the magic will wear off when she returns to the real world but it doesn't but at least now she can return her cousin to her family And maybe Clara having the Nutcracker will save him because Aunt Drosselmeyer knows the family secret. And long story short, everything works out. And the next morning, she opens the portal to Parthenia and Eric comes through and they're reunited. That's it.
1: (laughs) Okay, so Carrie and I spent a long time talking about a time tunnel. Yes,
0: exactly. And about how
1: Barbie might be a lich. Hmm. And that was still the most ridiculous nonsense I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. You
1: made up most of that. I think this. None of that's in the text. I think not this a single bit goes of it. With it our time tunnel theory, so sense. well.
0: <laughs> it's also the perfect explanation because yeah, some of our questions are like, why is there a magical locket on this ornament that will take her home? Because the ornament is her mom, and ha- her mom had magical powers, like mm-hmm. it all
2: makes sense. Eric,
1: Or it's just the item in the ornament that she dreamt about, just like everything else.
2: But uh, she, clearly she didn't dream about this stuff because yeah. Eric exists and they have the lines where she like repeats the line that Androsselmeyer had said to his dad, where she's like, I couldn't say no to the king. And he doesn't seem weirded out by it, yeah. even though Androsselmeyer no, right. did not say that he was royalty. He's just the uh, son of a dear friend of hers. And then they go and they do their dance. Yeah, Which I'm did. on
1: board for that. Yeah. but that to me is the movie just screwed up at the end. Like I don't, I don't think it's like a
2: no, no, no. My There's not a grand stands. plan. I think
1: they My made it intentionally
0: kind plan. of confusing and open ended, so that you know, 25 and 28 year old geniuses could
2: figure mm-hmm. this out. <laughs> I believe that it's called leaving it to interpretation.
1: I'm willing to offer this to the table. I, I think that there may be a way to get him and maybe the ant to fit into the time tunnel. Exactly.
0: I think so. The, the
1: Barbie unified theory, as we described it last time, or the butt. Um, <laughs> but as it currently stands, uh, I, I, I think the jury's still out for me. No,
0: I think it fits in perfectly with the time tunnel because, okay, so last episode we talked about how in Christmas Carol, There's a time tunnel and we talked about how from the time tunnel, many Barbies emerged and how I think one of the Barbies that emerged is Clara and also could be her mom maybe uh,
1: no nope, nope. yep see Nope. you're making stuff up that's not what we okay. said okay oh, <laughs> no but no, time i'm i'm trying to stuff i'm up.
0: trying to tie in <laughs> nutcracker to the time tunnel um sure. i'm not saying this is what you said um but i just i think like also the the time tunnel looks very similar to the portal between the human world and parthenia so like those could be the same tunnels who knows also <laughs> Maybe, maybe Drosselmeyer has access to the time tunnel. She kind of looks like the ghost of Christmas future. Huh?
1: See, now that this is where I'll go down with you. Yes. I I think that I actually was thinking about that when she first watched on the screen. I was like, wait, is that the ghost of Christmas future? Uh (laughs) Um, Also, uh, we did already discuss the fact that if Eve, Eden, whatever the hell her name was, is a former barbie then the names do change so i i can i can go with you on this um i don't know about the whole inventing her mother part but i'm with you i'm i'm (laughs) with you with the concept
2: i didn't invent her mother she had a mother and they don't explain what happened to her (laughs) yeah yeah so you
1: invented the rest of it
2: (laughs) they do give us this sugar plum princess ornament with a locket that can make her return home that was either i thought she either says it was given to her by her mother, yes, or by Drosselmeyer. She says it was so, given to
0: her by her mother. Okay, so after like, right. seeing does her first that ballet, mess up my theory, maybe. Maybe. maybe,
2: or does it prove it
1: more? Yes, it definitely does. Yes, <laughs> unless maybe, it doesn't. Maybe
0: it was like mailed to her by her mother, and it's she doesn't know that it's actually a statue of her mom.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's get our final thoughts here. We got to end this episode. Let's get our final thoughts. I am going to give this movie. Three out of five Mars marzipans. Oh. I, I don't do halves. I don't do halves, as I already discussed with Carrie, so it's going to be a little bit rough. But I think Christmas Carol is still a four for me. I think using my scale, which is that Barbie Dreamhouse is a five, um, I think this is a solid three. I enjoyed it. I think it was perfectly serviceable. I actually enjoyed those twists quite a bit. I don't think it was anything particularly novel i do think it was extraordinarily more enjoyable than rapunzel so i'm very happy about that because that means we're at two goods so far two that i have enjoyed and that's a good ratio
0: um well i am gonna uh disagree with you because this is one of the best movies of all time and um it has an 11 out of five marzipans for me um as i said before um because uh, I actually I do do halves and I do do over five out of five stars in my scale. Um,
1: sorry, Marsman. Marsman, sorry.
0: Um, yeah, I think this movie, you know, it makes you think. It makes you figure out complicated theories to explain how this all could have worked out. I think it adds a lot to the the Barbie cinematic universe and all the questions that we have about it. It's beautiful.
2: It's great.
1: Sarah, how many marzipans would you give this movie?
2: I mean, I feel like y'all aren't using enough marzipans. Like, doing anything out of five is always too little to me. Like, I need a bigger scale. Like, give me out of 10, give me out of 100. 100 might be a little
1: overkill. Well, just use decimals and then that's fine. Yeah, do halves and then it's a 10-point scale.
2: Well, I mean, either way, it doesn't actually matter for me with this film because <laughs> it is clearly an 11, 11 out of 5 marzipan.
1: Thank you. <laughs> wow. Two two exact answers for 11 Mm -hmm. out of five, right? I
2: mean, the, I could, I will, like, adult Sarah could be convinced to Mm -hmm. give it, like, a 4.99999 out of five specifically because I wish that they would address the ending more clearly. But at the same time, my intuition slash inner child is still going for the 11 out of five because as carrie said like that's part of what i like about it is that as much as i love films and things that do everything with intention i also like this idea that i can still keep that they did everything with intention but they just didn't tell us everything so then they leave it up to us to figure out what their intentions were yeah which is fun it's a little brain game agreed
1: carrie Speaking of brain games, what games do you have to finish this out for today?
0: Oh just just you wait. Uh and the wait is over. <laughs> the first game is Fuck Mary Kill. Okay. And Drosselmeyer, Captain Candy, and Major Mint. Go.
1: Uh, Kill Mint. Uh, Mary Candy uh uh enjoy my night with at drosselmeyer
2: Sarah? see, i think i would flip drosselmeyer and candy i think that drosselmeyer would make a better life partner because we travel the world together i totally agree
0: and she's clearly like fun loving and you know
2: generous <laughs> mm-hmm. she's like really she she's like the lara croft of her
1: day yeah, she's super generous. She came back from her world traveling trip and gave her a piece of wood six inches tall. Hey.
2: um, I think you mean gave her her future <laughs> uh, partner, yeah, a husband gave her a kingdom, uh-huh
1: right, right yeah, and then good the brother deal. two toys that ran off <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Tommy ate the gingerbread and Tommy broke the nutcracker, like. Tommy showed his true colors and we don't like it. We didn't deserve much well,
0: more actually, than that. Actually, the two toys didn't ran off run off because uh we had sex with one of them and killed the other one.
1: <laughs> oh boy. What's our next game? Um
0: so the next one is <laughs> Fuck Mary Kill, statuary, lawn ornaments, oh <laughs> and
2: paperweights.
1: <laughs> I have nothing to say about this.
2: Sarah, tell me. <laughs> All right, let's see. So we we got statuary, lawn ornament, paperweights. Um, I'm going to marry the, who? God, this is tough. <laughs> if I marry it? the paperweight, <laughs> then that's, like, easy to carry around with me. So that's, like, an easy partner. Like, I don't want to, actually, yeah, I kind of like that idea of, like, I marry the paperweight, I keep it in my pocket, and I'm like, oh, like, my partner's always with me, and it's, like, super supportive and grounded. It's versus, like crystals. Yes, exactly. Um, the <laughs> statuary and the lawn ornaments, lawn ornaments, I feel like that just like sounds more aggressive. Like, I I don't know why it makes me think of like the things that you would use to trim or maintain a lawn, but I think that's going to be a bit sharper. So I'm going to have mm-hmm. to kill that versus statuary just seems softer. I'm imagining something a bit more Greek, maybe made of marble. Um, he doesn't specifically say that the statuary is made of stone. Sure. Um, so let me have this. Okay. And I think... If I get to choose what shape the statuary is, yeah, I would fuck that. Okay.
0: I'm with you on statuary. Statuary sounds, you know, the sexiest. I think I would marry lawn ornaments because, you know, when I think of lawn ornaments, I think of, like, garden gnomes and, like, flamingos. And (laughs) those are fun. And I want to have a good time for the rest of my life. So I'm going to marry those lawn ornaments and I'm going to kill the paperweights because, like, they're not... (laughs) Yeah, I don't need something that fits in my pocket. I'll carry around a giant lawn ornament. That's fine. So I'll kill the paperweights. Eric,
1: I have no answer to this. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have no answer to this. They're all rocks,
2: <laughs> and um, uh, <laughs> unless they're marble <laughs> or crystal, I mean, you know,
1: marble is rock. No
2: Nutcracker was wood there. until <laughs> he found someone to love. And then just part of him was Wood. Hey.
0: Carrie, what's our next okay. game? Jesus. The next question is, would you rather marry Aunt Drossemeyer or be in a thruple with Captain Candy and Major Mint? These are all Mary
1: relationship
2: Aunt questions.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, that's all Carrie ever does.
0: <laughs> I feel like I would probably marry Aunt Drosselmeyer, too. Sarah?
2: Yeah. I mean, this just goes back to the fuck, Mary kill with her. I definitely sure. think that of it. Pretty much any of the characters in that film that she's the, if I had to be with a partner, it would be her. She's God tier. Okay, my last mm-hmm. question is.
1: Wait, 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 it's a twist. I have a question. Oh, okay. I'm going to present the question that I know the answer to that you're going to be disappointed in. Because this is now a proud tradition that I think we have. Uh-huh. Hmm. Would you rather go to a ballet involving the collection of all of the characters that are good in this story? Captain Candy, Mint, Clara, etc., and have to watch them dance or would you rather be shrunk down and have to join the Mouse King's court? Probably forever. The answer's the court, no question.
2: For sure. What? 100%. You 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 would've... just you go to a ballet. You Basically, you go see the Nutcracker ba- Ballet Barbie version or you get shrunken, you go to Parthenia and you hang out with the Mouse King.
0: But then you have to like be a soldier and be scared of
2: being Did turned to stone that? at all times. Uh, no, you no, said, that
1: you're part of him. You're part of his you're part of his troop. That's it. You I'm said there forever. You were
2: part of his court.
1: Well, whatever. His kingdom, his whatever, as a as a mouse dude. I'm saying that's my answer. Into
0: stone all the time. That's
2: what the bookends were.
1: I mean it's better than being part of that ballet at the end.
2: I think you're forgetting <laughs> my um how would we say this, habit of falling for toxic fuckboys and then making them fall in love with me and then using that to wield new power. So I think that if I joined the Mouse King's court, I would end up with the scepter.
1: I think that your definition oh. of me forgetting something requires me to have known something
2: <laughs> oh, meant, in order I for me to Carrie. forget <laughs> it. So. Carrie, but yes, you do. Anyway. Don't. <laughs> okay. My, Carrie, what's my our final last question? question
0: is if you were in Parthenia, what would be mm. your candy persona name and how long would it take for the mouse king to turn you into a lawn ornament?
1: I like this. You always have two like two questions that are absolutely ridiculous and I don't want to answer. And then you have one really good question that you're always disappointed in me about. Thanks. And then we always have one really good question. Yeah, thanks. It's a good tradition. Okay. My answer, what would my candy thing be? Like major candy, Captain Candy? Yep. The year yep. talking about? Um, I want to be uh, Lieutenant Licorice. Yes. That was the right answer. Okay. That's what it is. Um and how quickly would it take for me to get turned to stone? Probably no time at all. I have a very hard time with authority. It would take very much not at all anything. Okay. <laughs> I I would probably join the kids revolution and then get turned to stone within like the next 3 seconds.
0: Yeah, that sounds fair. <laughs> I see that yeah. for you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um Okay, I think I would be um maybe like fuck boy fun dip (laughs) and um I think I think it would take a while for him to turn me into lawn ornament because I think I um five minutes I could I don't know make him like me
2: and um five minutes I'll give you a seven what
1: five minutes max seven (laughs) minutes maybe
2: (laughs) um
0: what? I don't understand. Um,
1: You're getting turned to stone within five oh, minutes.
0: That's oh, my I see. I see. <laughs> I yeah, thought you were like, giving me a time call or something for the no, end of the no. podcast. <laughs>
1: no, I'm telling you it'll take you five minutes to get turned to stone. No,
0: I think, I mean, I...
1: <laughs> Would you rather... Kazam! Stone.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm a, a good time. I can do research so I can help him find sugar plum princesses. I, um, you know... I, I'm I'm down with art, so I can help him decorate um new uh cardboard castles. I think he would like me a lot and we would vibe.
1: All right, eight minutes. Eight minutes. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh Sarah?
2: So my questions are what like what would my name be and how long would yeah. I last? Yeah. yeah. Um My name's gonna annoy you, but it feels genuine. And I think that my name would be like sugar beet. Or something because I am a I dietitian. Like
1: that. <laughs> Thank you. Sugar beet. I, <laughs> like I
2: like it. <laughs> That's uh, it's a nature's candy. Are you gonna be Harvard's a vegetables. dietitian <laughs> in Parthenia? <laughs> I just wanted to annoy you.
0: <laughs> you have Parthenia, I like it. <laughs> and you're gonna still be a dietitian
2: no but i am inspired by my food loving background i'm going to be okay. a culinarian <laughs> okay. i'm going to introduce parthenia to fruits and vegetables to balance out the candy well, so
0: you're gonna and i'm gonna do it in a fun parthenia. way
2: <laughs> so i'm gonna be like hey y'all i'm sugar beet because fruits and veggies can be, can be you put the plum in sugar plum princess damn straight
1: i bet you'd be um, super annoying about it too like you come home from a long day and you're like i'm sugar beet <laughs>
2: <laughs> i do love puns and i have made t-shirts with beet puns before
1: to answer the second question that means you'd last like what three minutes um, maybe
2: <laughs> i'm pretty sure i would last forever because i would bring health to Parthenia, the Mouse King be would like, sugar beat you up. The Mouse King. <laughs> I think that the Mouse King is here for like the Mouse King hates Parthenia. That's why he's turning it all to stone. And then I'd be a breath of fresh air. I'd walk in and he'd be like, uh, like I'd be like, I am sugar, and he's like, you gross candy. And then I'd be like, beat. And then I'd say it. <laughs> I could say it in the pun way, like if I go like, oh, I'm sugar, beat. Like Eric said then that would make him laugh. And then he'd be like, ha I'll keep you around as a jester. And I'll be like, great, because I'm witty. And <laughs> then he would become indispensable because I'm the only one that can bring him joy and everybody else annoys him. Would I always be fearing for my life? Like, yeah, sure. But like live on the edge. It keeps things interesting. Wow.
1: All right. Well, we'll end it there. This has been Barbie in the Nutcracker. Uh, you can find our podcast barbie as the podcast princess on spotify you can find it on apple podcasts uh you can find it on anchor and hopefully here very soon on a variety of other platforms including stitcher etc um yes still haven't started the twitter but that's coming you can find us on instagram though
0: yep at um barbie pod
1: and sarah where could people find you if they wanted to
2: they can't <laughs> i can't be found Uh, if people do want to find me you can either follow me on tiktok at the learn it all or on my instagram which is at sunnies and spice
1: perfect uh until then this has been barbie as the podcast princess thanks everybody